This is the Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors podcast, sponsored by Visit Bemidji. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors covers the lakes, woods, trails, wildlife, and anything else going on outdoors in Paul Bunyan's playground. I'm Bruce Jean, and this is Paul Bunyan Country. Well, it seems like June's a long way away, but when you're planning a major, major event, it's not. And that's why we have Phil Hodap here. He is the KC Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic Chair. It's been a fixture at the waterfront uh, all these years since the Knights of Columbus took it over. Phil, thanks for joining me today. Hey, thank you, Kev. I'm happy to be here and visiting with your audience. Well, we have actually been meeting on this, Phil, for for a few months already. Um, When you're putting together a tournament of this size and this scope... Um, there's a lot that goes into it. I think there, there really is. I, we actually started meeting back in October uh, with our committee, and we've got a, a very experienced committee that's been working on this project. Well, a lot of the members have been there since the Knights took it over from uh, Krauss Anderson back in 2015. So this is our ninth year of running it, and prior to that, Krauss Anderson had run the tournament for 15 years. So um, it was quite a tradition that Krauss had established with the angler community and with the community of Bemidji here to, uh, to you know, bring this tournament about, make it a big community event, and raise some funds for some very um, worthy beneficiaries that help out with the tournament too. Well, I think the tournament actually got a lot bigger than they anticipated because uh, uh, after like you say, 15 years, they realized we can't do something to this scope in the midst of building season, being their builders in Minnesota. Well, right. They have a limited season to to uh, do their stuff, and it, it did turn into a much bigger um, event, I think, than, than what they felt they wanted to handle when they're so busy with all of their projects. So that's why they wanted to turn it over to a local um, group that could manage it and handle it. And luckily, uh, the Knights Columbus was willing to step up and take over. Um, the KCs here locally have about 240 or 250 volunteer members and, uh, and real active members who help out with this project, number about 50 or so. So it's, and it's a big undertaking for all of us it is um and i've yeah i've seen it firsthand here the last few years certainly since the knights took over tell me a little bit about why the knights wanted to do this and why cross anderson uh, of all the groups that could have gotten this tournament uh, why cross anderson chose the knights well so the first of all the knights are locally uh, this council of the cases is located right here in bemidji and it's, it's staffed by uh by people who live here in Bemidji. And um, uh, and it's a good organization, I think, for um, understanding the community needs. Uh, we had a pretty um, large contingent of beneficiaries already that Krauss Anderson had established, and we've brought on a couple more since we've taken it over. But these are all community um uh, organizations that are nonprofit organizations that are involved in youth outdoor activities for the most part. Um, it has to do with uh, fishing and youth baseball um, and also senior fishing. Um, we have the Let's Go Fishing group as a beneficiary. 
and then Wounded Warriors Guide Service, and uh, and so it's it's a it's a great um, thing for providing some funding for some of these groups like Fishing Has No Boundaries, uh, where they they really don't have another source of funding to be able to to run their their uh, event. Mm-hmm. Take a Kid Fishing is another one who receives quite a bit of money from us. Um, and and I think the public understands that it's a great thing to have all these various organizations that provide these opportunities for young people and and uh, senior citizens and for our, our wounded warriors. And over the years between um, Cross Anderson and the Knights, we we have raised over a million dollars. Yeah, that's right. Um, last year we raised a uh, hundred thousand. $157 that we donated back to all these worthy uh, community beneficiaries. And our total uh, combined with Krauss Anderson for the uh, uh, 23 years la- last year was over $1.1 million. So it's a significant amount of money that our community and our sponsors um, pitch in and uh, and then is given back to all these beneficiaries, and the as far as funds go, the way we raise funds is through sponsorships from businesses and our community who are are just wonderful. They want to support the various organizations that we provide help to, but also we um, are provided a boat, motor, and trailer from Rays Marine, and and. Uh, we um, raffle that off. So the sale of raffle tickets uh, really does support this event in a great way. Yeah, that's uh, that's a big one for sure. Um, and plus you've got some uh, great title sponsors. I mean, you've got a ton of great sponsors. I'm, the list is long, obviously, but your title sponsors have been with you for a long time. They have uh, Ray's Marine, um, Northwoods uh, uh, Bait and Tackle has, has been a big one. For us, um, we've had uh, Acme Tools, Milwaukee, and Honda, um, who are major sponsors. Um, and, of course, Lund Mercury and Shorelander, uh, who provide the boat to Rays. Um, and, obviously, Rays has a lot of, of effort and in-kind um, uh, support there. Um, and then we've got, you know, the car dealerships in town, Donlingers and... Honda and uh, Bemidji Chrysler. Um, we've got Midnight Sun Spas. Sanford Health is huge. Wagner Builders. Paul Bunyan Broadcasting, of course. Mm-hmm. We're glad to have you guys on. We love being a part of it. <laughs> and uh, Northland Fishing Tackle. Uh, Lapeer's Docks. I mean, Lapeer's comes and puts docks out for us down at the waterfront. They also provide our stage for us. Um, Zeta Construction, Paul Bunyan Telephone. Um, so we're just in, we're, we're so blessed with all these businesses who are uh, so willing to pitch in and help us uh, provide a really good tournament and a good community event for people down at the waterfront in early June. It is June 8th will be the, uh, the year, the day this year, uh, Saturday, June 8th. Uh, we got some changes we're going to talk about. Um, let's let's go there for now. Uh, first of all, 
Uh, one of the big changes is you you jacked up the the prize money for the champions uh, up to fifteen thousand dollars. That's right. Um, our committee uh, also formed an angler committee. We just historically, so you understand, um, there this was started by Kraus Anderson, but it was uh, really started by a group of anglers. And, and several of them worked for Kraus Anderson. And so through the years, there were anglers that sat on the committee. And when we started, when we took over, we had some anglers that sat on the committee. But over time, they retired off of the committee, and, um, and we had less and less angler input. So we created an angler committee. And last year at our rules committee, we invited all the anglers uh, to to uh, if they were interested to come and help us. Well, we had about eight or nine really uh, great guys who stepped forward to be on our angler subcommittee. And so they've been helping guide us a little bit uh, as we've been evolving as a fishing tournament. <laughs> and uh, that's probably the best description for what's going on because we've had to add new technologies, um, and uh, and of course we're we're trying to provide a premier fishing tournament here every year for the for the uh, fishermen. So uh, one of the things that they suggested that 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 they wanted to see was an increase in the uh, cash payouts. And so just so everybody understands, the money that is paid in registration fees by the anglers is paid out um, in the prize. Um, in the prizes to the anglers. Mm -hmm. So we added some extra money to raise up that grand prize from 12500 to 15000 with the idea that we still want to be competitive in the, in the uh, fishing tournament, you know, sphere, I guess. Yeah. Lack of a better term. We have a lot more to cover on the Knights Columbus Walleye Classic with Phil Hodap, the chair, next. Hey, I'm Jason Rylander of North Country Guide Service. My backs are hurt from carrying Kev Jackson for all these years. Hi, this is Dick Beardsley with Dick Beardsley Fishing Guide Service and Fish House Rentals. Are you looking to plan your next ice fishing adventure? Well, look no further as Bemidji, Minnesota is the place to be. There are over 400 fishing lakes within a 25-mile radius of Bemidji. Come drop a line at Becoming a Fishing Legend. While on your fishing adventure, explore the hundreds of well-groomed snowmobile trails that Bemidji has to offer. Don't forget to take a picture with the historic Paul Bunyan and Bathe the Blue Ox. Bemidji, bigger fish and better stories. This is Mandy Yerk, and you're listening to Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Phil Hodap is my guest. He is the chair of the Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic coming up June 8th, the Saturday, of course, on the shores of Lake Bemidji. And certainly, I think the, the KC is, is I call it uh, one of the uh, triple crown of uh, Paul Bunyan Country Fishing Tournaments. Uh, you got the Lake uh, Leech Lake Fishing Tournament, and you got the Knights uh, in Bemidji, and then uh, you wrap it up with the Graha Tournament in Grand Rapids a couple weeks later, and a lot of the same anglers in all three of those tournaments. Those are three really premier, awesome tournaments in June. They are, and and the technologies in use are very are either the same or very similar. So um, uh, it's. It's taken a little while for the anglers, um, especially some of the legacy anglers, I guess, for lack of a better term, to to evolve into this new 
um, catch, photo, and release um, process. But but I think all the anglers recognize that we're working hard here to preserve our fisheries too. And so by not um, keeping the, the fish in a live well in the boat all day long and bouncing them around in there and then bringing them to shore for a weigh-in um, and then releasing them, we are hopefully um, killing less fish. And Kev, just it's interesting, but I was kind of in charge of keeping track of uh, our kill rate when we were doing the weigh-in mm-hmm. um, tournaments. And uh, and we were, uh, I say kill rate, but it was a mortality thing. How many fish died during the course of the tournament? And we would have about 20% of the fish that were caught and brought on stage wouldn't make it back to uh, to the lake again. And, of course, what we would have to do is clean those fish and and fry them up for some of the local uh, nursing homes and senior citizen groups. But um, when you talk about some of these really large fish, they're the uh, female fish that are the reproducers of the, you know, the fishery. And, and so I think everybody recognized that it's really important for us to get those fish back in the lake as quickly as we can and save them from dying. And Phil, you know, we're not we're not the only tournament doing this. This is actually pretty much the standard now is using fish donkey or another app-based way to keep, like you say, keep those fish in the water most of the time. That's right. Um, so, it, yeah, as we, you know, we're talking about how the f- whole fishing tournament um, uh, is evolving. Uh, it's not just our tournament, but it's it's all the fishing tournaments are are headed this direction. And most of the people who listen to, you know, Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors are, are well aware of all, all of this, but for, for maybe some of those who maybe aren't, um, you know, we can't just decide we're going to do 100 boats on Lake Bemidji. Um, you have to get a license from the DNR to, to do that, and they really want people to use the, the photo and release format. So, I mean, you, you know, that they're really pushing that. Uh, the DNR isn't requiring that, um, but but they are encouraging it. And of course, I think uh, any responsible angler who does who does uh, catch and release anyway, mm-hmm. um, they understand that this is a this is a, a good way for us to go and not hurt our our fisheries. We've got a fantastic fishery here with Lake Bemidji and. Uh, and the last thing I think anybody wants to do is is create harm to that fishery. So, yeah. um, and interestingly, our tournament even contributes some money back to the DNR for that purpose for the um, upkeep of the fishery. The other big uh, topic that can be controversial that again isn't really specific to our tournament; it's just specific to twenty first century fishing, and that's the introduction to live scope, and that has been a conversation. I've been having with guys for for multiple years now, uh, but the reality is, once the genie's out of the bottle, we know this about any technology. It's out of the bottle; you can't put it back. We're hearing that about AI now. So, I mean, LiveScope's here to stay, and and that's just the way it is. Well, like a wise man said at our meeting last night, NASCAR isn't going back to <laughs> Model A's and Model T's. <laughs> yes. You know, in the in, you know, I mean, I. Everybody is resistant to change. You know, I shouldn't mm-hmm. say everybody is, but there's a large portion of uh, 
in any organization of people that are are just not excited about change and uh but over time that that change is adopted and it becomes a common thing so we understand that and we have dealt with lots of complaints about um live scope and and uh that kind of stuff but uh we're hearing from the majority of the guys and we called tried to call reach out to uh all 200 anglers that we had last year on a phonathon for lack of a better term last week uh and uh we spoke with a multitude of the anglers who are returning and um we did hear some complaints about live scope and about uh the app fish donkey that we use and wanting to return to the live weigh-in and that kind of stuff but but uh, by far and away the majority of guys um, appreciate the way the tournament's being run and understand why it is and they accept the technology. So that's that's the direction we're going to keep going. Okay, so it is a June 8th, $15,000 first prize. Now we're getting to the time of year where you get registered for it. And, and we uh, typically that first, I think we kick it off on February 1st, and that first month it historically has been for intact teams who are returning. We have changed that just a slight bit for that first month. So tell us we, about that. We have. Um, so you're right. February 1st at 8 o'clock is when uh, we'll energize the, the uh, registration button on our website for returning anglers from 2023, um, which essentially means that there are uh, conceivably 200 uh, guys who could register with a new partner, um, like you said in the past, the first month of registration was uh, to allow returning intact teams, and then it was open for a week to a returning angler uh, with a new partner, and then it was open to the public. Well, this year we're we're just opening it up to all uh, returning anglers, whether they're an intact team or they are coming back with a new partner on February 1st. So it'll be a first-come, first-served uh, situation. Now, when we made our phone calls last week, we found out that uh, the majority of guys that we spoke with are returning with their um, partner from last year. But still, it's going to be important for guys to understand it is first-come, first-served. And once we fill out with 100 teams, then we create a wait list. And um, historically, we've probably gone four or five teams deep into the wait list by the, by the time the tournament comes around mm. because various teams have had to drop out for, you know, physical problems or family issues or one thing or another. So, Okay, so if you're on the wait list, you're fairly high on the wait list, you have a shot at being in that tournament. Yes, you do. And... Uh, and we'll just have to see how this goes this year, um, and we'll see how quickly we fill out, too. Uh, our committee will be getting back together again towards the end of the full committee, towards the end of February, to figure out where we're at with registrations before we go live to the public on March 1st. Okay. And and one of the things you mentioned uh, before we started rolling today is uh, there's been issues in the past with that 
surge of people trying to register at 8 a.m. on February 1st. Uh, but you think you might have that solved this year? <laughs> well, we think we do. But you're right. There have been some uh, issues. You know, Kevin and I talked earlier about how great technology is when it works. <laughs> but when it doesn't work, it does create problems for everybody. And and that seems to have been a problem with our uh, sports engine um, registration component of our uh, website. And, uh, and so hopefully we've got a solution for that this year and and at 8 a.m. on February 1st we'll be able to receive all the uh, 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 registrations that are coming in at that time okay. but if something does happen I mean I, I can't guarantee it we'll work on it I'll be online we'll have several guys online and we'll uh, we'll work the problem and get it solved as quickly as we can so if you're online and you're trying to register don't panic uh, shoot me a text or send an email, and all that contact information is in the registration link. So, and that's on the Casey Walleye Classic website. That's correct. Okay. Yep. And Which, and we sent out a postcard to all the uh, uh, anglers last week. They should be getting it sometime this week. That has all that information on it. Okay. Um, one other thing to uh, reiterate, because last year was the first year they did this. It used to be more of a chess, chess match because you did two overs and three oh. unders. Um, I, we're back to five fish, but it's the top five fish you catch. Um, even if all five were overs, since it's a, it's a catch and release tournament, that will count. That's correct. So it's the five largest fish in their, uh, in their bag. Um, it's a... It's a uh, Virtual bag, not a real bag. <laughs> yes, and uh, and so the way it works is the guys just register their fish as long as it's a fish that's over fourteen inches. They use the bump board that we provide them to do the measurement and the photography, and all that's submitted. and uh, And then the the system actually um, calls out their top five fish. So so then we know uh, each team's. Uh, w- weight, because weight is also calculated by the size of the fish and yeah. the system. So, all right. Anything else, Phil? Before we wrap it up today? No, I, I just want to mention that uh, I, I think it's it's a very important event for our community. Yes, and it provides um, so much uh, to the uh, beneficiaries. I'd just like to to mention our beneficiaries that we have. Um, and so people understand what they're supporting if they if they uh, buy a raffle ticket or if they come down on June 8th to watch the tournament. We support Let's Go Fishing, um, which is the senior uh, fishing group that has a pontoon on Lake Bemidji, and, and uh, this is one of their main sources of funding. Um, Bemidji Youth League Baseball is huge in this. They sell a lot of the raffle tickets. Um, the high school fishing team gets money. The Boy Scouts of America, who are really helpful uh, down at the waterfront on the day of. Um, uh, the Paul Bunyan um, chapter of Fishing Has No Boundaries is another important one that gets money. Uh, Take a Kid Fishing, Wounded Warriors Guide Service, Special Olympics, who have been with the tournament since the inception wow. as a beneficiary. And all pro dads, um, 
and then of course the Knights of Columbus Council. Um, okay. So all that all that money goes to these worthy organizations that help out with, like I said, with youth and and seniors and wounded warriors, um, and their out, outdoor, you know, fishing and and athletic opportunities. All right, it is a great tournament, great cause as you noted. Amped up prize of $15,000 to the champs this year. And again, if you were in the tournament last year, get ready to register on eight as of 8 a.m. February 1st. And you will have a month or until it gets filled up That's right. to get registered. That's correct. And then we'll start a wait list after that. So hopefully we'll have guys uh, jumping on board and, and, uh, and signing up early. Mm-hmm. Like they say, sign up early, sign up often. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I do want to note, uh, we've been working and talking, and, and we're hoping that uh, the presentation for the community and for the anglers is, is at an even higher level than it has in the past. We're hoping to have a lot of fun on the 8th. We are. We sure are. We, we've got a lot of plans and, and uh, ideas for that. So, Phil Hodap is the chair of the Knights of Columbus Walleye Classic. It's coming for the 24th year this summer. Saturday, June 8th. It's going to be a blast like always. Phil, thanks for being here today. Thank you, Kevin, and thank you to the community for supporting us. Bumper in country.